This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? Fabulous, Mark. Simply fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and we're very excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock on WPHT Talk Radio. We are the only real estate show in town, in the whole Philly metro market, actually. So uh, you should tune every week so you know what the hell's going on, because it's real estate is booming. And my, you can give me a call about anything you want. Residential, commercial, mortgages, call Deanne. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. I actually always remember that number. After 13 years, I got that number down. <laughs> but we're here so. to answer your questions, so call us. I always answer the phone. You can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com. And also at WPHT's website. What's coming up today, Dan? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. The continuing series. Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? How easy is it for veterans to refinance? That's we got to take care of they- our vets. I mean... Yeah, they should. Most I don't understand time. all these all these TV shows always looking for money for our vets. Why don't the government just, you know, take a few billion dollars of all the other stuff they do and take care of everybody? Agreed. I don't get it. Agreed. All right, Mark. We also have our questions for today, which is, should we repaint a house we haven't even bought yet? I've done okay. that. I want to convert a den to a bedroom before I list my house. What do I need to do? Next question is, I'm facing foreclosure on my deceased mother's home. I don't have $38,000. Credit is bad. HUD is taking over the loan. Is there anything I can do? All right. Next question is, how does a sale of a home work with paying off an existing mortgage? Next question is, does the mortgage get paid off first? And then the commissions get dispersed. 
Hmm. All right, Mark, today right. our topic of the day is meditation. Is it mediation? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's where my mind goes. You You're knew meditating. I was say Are you that. meditating, man? I, I meditate every day. I was like, wow, we're going to get deep today. <laughs> mediation. No, we're not. Is it binding? No, it's, no, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> oh, man. But first, give us your motivational quote while we're so meditating. Meditating. So the motivational quote is, anyway, never give up, for that is just the place in time that the tide will turn. That's like the always the one everybody quits on the one-yard yeah. line. Yeah. And that's usually true, too, man. A lot of people give up right before it happens. <sighs> they just can't hang. Especially with investments. That's what happens with us. Now, let's get out. Let's get into this. Yeah. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So anyway, sellers profits hit, an, hit another record high. Despite the slightly core housing market, sellers profits in the second quarter of 22 reached 55.5%, a record high. According to Adams 22 U.S. sales report, sellers profit rose from 48.3% in the first quarter, up 7.2% in the second quarter, marks the highest quarterly increase in, the lay, uh, in at least 14 years. So this goes back to when we first got on the air 13 years ago. Additionally, it's an increase of 12.6% year over year and an increase of more than 20% from the second quarter of 2020. Also reaching new highs in the second quarter were gross profits. The average single family home and condo grossed $123,869, up from $103, an increase of 19% in the first quarter, up from $90,000 year over year, a 38% increase. Wow. That's why you see these sellers got to get in the market, man. This is the best time ever to sell. Profit margins generally increased across the nation. From the first and second quarter in 22, profits rose in 89% of the metros in the USA. So, and we're up 95% of the metros year over year. So almost everywhere, prices went up. Despite higher mortgage rates, slightly less demand, home prices are continuing to increase. They reported that home prices have increased for 10 consecutive quarters, while the medium home value rose 8.8% from the first to the second quarter of 22 and 15.3 year over year. Home prices were up 96% in, in 96% of the metros, both quarterly and yearly. Pennsylvania medium sales price was 216187 in June, up 6.2% year over year. According to a, the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors, one of my favorite groups, <laughs> and uh, and the median home price has increased ten percent from the first to the second quarter of twenty two. So with so with such high profit margins, sellers are not staying in their home for long. Sellers in the second quarter own their home for five point eight seven years on average, That's up slightly from five point seven one in the first quarter, but it decreased right. from 6.3 years from the second quarter of 21. So for a while, four or five years ago, people were starting to stay longer. But now with all this equity and all this per possible profit, it's cutting down how long people are staying and they're making moves. They're making a fortune. Yeah, and the first two quarters of 22 represented the lowest home ownership tenure 
in a decade. Because we used to be up to about 65, 66% of people owned the home. And that number's down. But it's because they made so much money. Well, look. If you bought a, bought a home like three, four years ago, you know, I'm, you I'm appreciate it in certain neighborhoods 10, 15, 20% a year. Yep. But I'm here to help. I mean, I want to help fix the lowest home ownership tenure in a decade. All they got to do is give me a call. I can help fix that number. And I'm telling you, that 48% of people that are renting in Philly, with these tax increases that this administration is putting through right now and on small business, I mean, that renter, t- t- landlords are small business. Yeah. And they get a 15% tax increase, which is in this bill that just passed that he's holding up and saying, look at how good this is. The Inflation Decretion Act or whatever it's called. And they're going to say it spent $800 billion. I'm telling you, small business is going to pass that on. That 15%, rents are going to go up. We're already at $1,800 citywide for a one, one bedroom. bedroom. Yep, you're we're, right. We're going, to be at two, we're going to be at two grand Shortly. easily. And easily. I can't tell you the amount of investment properties that we've done in the past week. A ton. Yeah, and ton. everybody's going to, they're going to scramble now to get everything done before all of some of these bills take effect. Yeah. And then the 86,000 IRS guys, <laughs> guaranteed, <laughs> their people are already planning for that. They're going to be knocking Any, on your door. Nobody should do their own taxes ever again. Better hire somebody. So tell us about the rates because the rates are great. Yep, the rates are great. So your 30-year fixed is at 5.375. Your 15-year is at 4.625. Your 5171 10 one arm is at four and a half percent. Your FHA is 4.875 and your 30 year VA is 4.875 as well, which is great because this will tie right into my topic for today. Yeah. And now we're below five again. Well, you know, until you sneeze. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's take it while we can get it. Absolutely. For sure. So, all right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive, all the time. So where are we at the end? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So this one is called The Painting Nuns. So these two nuns were ordered to paint a room in the convent. (laughs) I wish some nuns would show up at my convent and paint. (laughs) Anyway, two nuns were ordered to paint a room in the convent, and the last instruction of Mother Superior is that they must not get even a drop of paint on their habits. So after conferring for this for a while, the two nuns decided to lock the door, strip off all their habits, and paint in the nude. In the middle of the project, there comes a knock at the door, and they holler out, like, who is it, the nuns say, right? And guy goes, blind man, replies a male voice from the other side. Two nuns look at each other. They shrug, decide that no harm can come from letting a blind man into the room. So they open the door. Guy goes, hi, sisters, where you want the blinds? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
I'm hurting. I'm up to 926 <laughs> jokes. <laughs> please, someone. Send if you me have some a funny jokes. story, please send it to 8029 at Comcast.net. <laughs> or give Mark see. a call at 267-266-5501. Or email me one at 8029 80, <laughs> at Comcast.net. But that was, you know, I'm I'm searching. I didn't think that one was too bad. So now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage, the largest mortgage company in the world. And she's here to talk about how easy it is for veterans to refinance. All right. I, I am going to take a second. Mark, how do you make a turtle fast? I don't know how. Don't feed them. Don't feed them? Oh. Get it fast. I get it. I get it. All right. Somebody hear, definitely sent us some jokes. Did you Did you hear about the guy addicted to brake fluid? No. He said he could stop anytime he wanted. Uh. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Tell me about how easy hurting. it is for veterans to refinance. All right. So if you are a veteran with an existing VA home loan, you have access to one of the most straightforward and powerful refi- refinance options around today. And it's with the VA Earl, the I-R-R-R-L, also known as the VA Streamline Refinance. And it stands for an interest rate reduction loan. The VA Streamline Refinance loans are relatively easy. They can be done quickly. And it's due to the fact that the homeowners are refinancing from one VA loan product to another. It's similar to the FHA product, the FHA Streamline. So let me tell you a little bit about what a VA Earl is. So the VA Earl is a mortgage refinance option for veterans that have an existing VA loan. And as I mentioned, the Earl stands for an interest rate reduction refinance loan. So you can only go from one VA loan to another. To another. Right, you can't have a conventional loan and then decide to go into Um, a VA loan. It's not going to work. The VA Earl allows homeowners to refinance their existing VA loan to a new VA loan with a lower interest rate or convert a VA loan from an adjustable to a fixed rate. Make sense? Can can If they say a vet vet has a conventional loan, couldn't they go? Is there an advantage to go into a VA on a refinance? You can't. No, there's... You can't. Why can't you? Because it's the guidelines. You are if you have a VA Wait a loan. You're telling me that a veteran that served in our military it's not has a, a conventional loan. loan. It's not a and he's going to refinance his loan. He can't do a VA. Why would he? Because wouldn't would, I don't know? Would there some, should be some advantage, no advantage for veterans? What the it adv- should be, Mark. Right. The advantage is the VA loan. No mortgage insurance. If they're disabled, they're not going to pay ta- real estate taxes. The VA loan is the best loan you can get. It's 100 percent right. financing. That's my so point. You, so you. My point is, I uh, he bought a house five years ago, and now, and he has and now he has PMI. He wouldn't and, have PMI because no, he's he a veteran. No, he bought a house conventionally five years ago. He should have never done that. Why can't he refinance into a VA without any PMI? Because you can't go from a conventional to the VA. He should have never been in the VA loan from the beginning. I don't... Like, you're bringing up a scenario that should never happen. 
No, it sounds like a government rule that shouldn't exist. All right. All right now that ahead. you just hijacked my topic with misinformation, <laughs> I'm going I'm trying to, to stick continue. up for the vets. <laughs> you're what you're saying makes no sense. There, he should. Yes, not. it does. All right. All right. Somebody stop. didn't know. They didn't meet Deanne Katsaris, and they were a veteran, and they bought a house conventionally, and they got PMI. Why can't they refinance to a VA loan? And All right. So the, the primary PMI? reason many veterans refinance right. is to lower their current mortgage interest rate. So the Earl rates may vary from other home purchase rates. With interest rates low as they are right now, the VA Earl may be the perfect option for you to lower your monthly housing payment. So there's many benefits to getting the VA Earl. The first one is including that there's little to no out-of-pocket costs and no VA appraisal in most instances. To avoid the out-of-pocket costs, the homeowner can choose to roll those closing costs and fees, if there are any, into the loan. Right. So what are the requirements? So the Earl, the streamlined requirements, you may be eligible if you finance the property with a VA loan and can actually certify that you live there or have lived in the home. Right. The, the Earl is not available to veterans with non-VA loans. Veterans with non-VA loans wishing to refinance to a VA loan can look into the VA cash out option. Lenders oh, also so, have guidelines. All right, so, all right. So then you answer my question. Okay. But it's not the Earl and it's you're taking, all right, I'm just going to keep going. Lenders may right, also have guidelines and requirements regarding how long you've had your current mortgage and how many payments you've made and how long it will take to recoup costs and fees associated with the loan. So they want to make sure that it's a win-win situation, that somebody's not just refinancing you in order to do the refinance. Um, specific guidelines and policies, there's credit scores, appraisals, loan-to-value ratios, and some more that can vary from lender to lender. Another, another important benefit is that the VA Streamline Refinance only requires previous occupancy of the home. Unlike a VA purchase, you do not need to intend to occupy the property as your primary residence. You will want to check with your lender for additional requirements. Now, there's other things that come into play when you do the Earl refinance and the VA funding fee. The VA funding fee is an upfront fee that's applied to every purchase and refinance loan. Pro free, proceeds from this fee are paid directly to the Department of Veteran Affairs and are used to cover losses on any loans that may go into default. The good news is that the VA funding fee is lower on EARLs than for a typical VA purchase and cash out loans. So the borrowers who are not exempt will pay 0.5% funding fee on their interest rate reduction refinance loan. And that can be rolled into the balance. So homeowners who receive compensation for a service-connected disability and qualified servicing spouses are exempt from the funding fee, okay? That's so good. there's a lot of twists and turns. I mean, it's a very straightforward loan, and it's something that a veteran should take care take advantage of. A lot of times they don't even know that they can purchase a home with 100% financing. 
So with all those questions, you can go to my website, mortgagemom.net, or you can give me a call at 609-605-7153. Coming up next is going to be our questions and answer segment. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHTO Positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. I'm sorry for screwing with your segment there. (laughs) I'm used to it. It's all good. (laughs) All right. Question number one. Should we repaint a house we haven't even bought yet? You know, I actually have done that. My my first house back in the 80s, when I locked in at 13%, it was an FHA deal. And the woman had passed. And we went in and had a dashed the basement walls uh, because there was nobody to do all that stuff. And we painted the house and everything prior to settlement. So it's according to what the situation is. It does. And I mean, sometimes you have to do some scraping and painting on the windowsills or the, the you know, the doorways. But um, right. I had to do some of that. And yeah. then the gas range, one of the burners went light. The inspector came out and I had them all lighting. And then he shows up and the one click, click, click went light. I'll be back. And then I had to come back again. I had them all light. And another one did. <laughs> and then I learned something. We da- You know what dashing basement walls is? Dashing? No. No. Like in the, in like Kensington, Fishtown, all them neighborhoods, they used to have basement walls and they had like stone walls. Right. And you had to dash them. You had to put cement all over the uh, walls. Okay. Yep. And I didn't know nothing about cement and lime. So there I am, like, winging it on the walls with my hands. And then, like, four days later, I had all these little green holes in my my hands from the lime burns. (laughs) I couldn't bend my hands for, like, a month. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How'd that dashing go? Real good. What's the next one? All right. Question number two. I want to convert a den to a bedroom before I list my house. What do I need to do? Well, first of all, you got to make sure that. Yeah, you got to get permits, your township, and you got to make sure that it qualifies to be a bedroom. Is it going to have its own closet, its entranceway? Just throwing a bed in there doesn't make it a bedroom. So uh, you want to be careful with that because you might list that as a three-bedroom. That's probably why they're doing it, or three to a four. Right. And then technically the appraiser comes out and says, this is not a four, this is a three, or this is not a three, this is a two. And then you got a problem. Yeah, you definitely so want to make sure you read the requirements and get the requirements. Right. Um, also, based from the township, because and it's going to yeah. require the permits and the CO, and you just want to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. Yeah, and some of the townships will actually send an inspector out. Correct. Because if you need any work, they have a cousin that's ready to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the next one? All right, question number three is: I'm facing foreclosure on my deceased mother's home. I don't have 38000 Credit is bad. HUD is taking over the ho- the loan. Is there anything I can do? They can there list it. Pro- Why can't they yeah, list could, it? They could list it uh, if they want. It sounds like they want to keep it. Uh, 
it's according to who the lender is. I mean, certain lenders can put people in a, a forbearance agreement and work with them. There's some uh, civic association groups that are connected to people that do housing counseling that might be able to help in a situation like that. Uh, I was in a forbearance agreement back in the eighties and uh, there's ways there's, you know what? It's like everything else. If you don't ask the, the answers, answers no. no, exactly. So yeah. like, you know, it's according to what bank you're dealing with because they rather not foreclose if they don't want to, because it's a hassle for them. And so if there's, if they could work out a deal with you, some kind of forbearance agreement or something else, you know, try to get some help, some counseling, see what you can do. <coughs> What's the next one? The next question is, how does the sale of a home work with paying off an existing mortgage? Does the mortgage get paid off first and then commissions dispersed? Yeah, it'll happen, everything happens at once. Everything happens at once. And the, t- the title company generally sends certified funds to the mortgage company to get paid off. And that can take up to at least two weeks, sometimes a little bit longer. But commissions and the mortgage, everything's done on the same day. Yeah, why? It's all wired. Yep. And then uh, the commission's paid usually at the table. Uh, most of the time, you know, they're starting. Well, they were really getting, we're getting into that wire stuff to all that wire fraud stuff started happening. Right. So now everybody's being a little more careful. Right. But usually it all happens at settlement. Right. So when you walk away from settlement, if you're selling your house, I mean, you no longer own that house. It's been conveyed to the buyer. Right. Commissions have been dispersed for the both agents, if that's what the way the commission, uh, the contract was set up, and you should be clear and free. Yeah, free like in Philly, in Philly though, like if that mortgage will won't be recorded probably for six months. Well, it's, and that yeah. is why there's a uh, what's that big national study? Uh, Anyway, they, there's a national study about real estate, and it comes out all the time. And Philly's not included because of that reason, because it takes Philly it takes so forever. long. Yeah, they, they record, actually have record. a company. If you give them two hundred dollars, you know they'll get it recorded right away for you. But it's not needed because <laughs> you're leaving the table with all those documents in hand. So, and they are notarized. And they're doing you another favor. <laughs> and we're here to help out, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and when you pay your water bill, we're going to charge you a convenience fee, so we don't have to open an envelope. So how about that? Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I don't know what was in your coffee today, but coming up next is going to anti-government. Is going to be a- I had a cup of anti-government. <laughs> god, coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, and I think it should be meditation for you, but it's called mediation. Is it binding? All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is 
I'm sure the audience is completely confused as to what it is right now, but it is. And that's why I'm doing this. No, I meant between meditation and mediation, but the topic oh. of the day is mediation. Is it binding? Right. And a lot of agents been in the business for years and there's a whole page in the agreement of sale that explains what mediation is. And the majority of them never even read it because they never went to mediation. So they never even understand it. And mediation is one step before court. Now, Back in the day, and not that far back, I forget when they changed it, but it used to be, remember in, in the agreement of sale, there was a box. You had to check if you wanted mediation or not. You either waived it or you accepted it. Remember that? Yes. Right. All right. So they took that out in Pennsylvania. I, I don't know if they, I think they took it out in Jersey too. So when you signed that contract, you agreed to mediate. And what that means is if a problem comes up, at the end of this agreement or after you settled or whatever. And, and, and what happens is people right away think they can sue and they, they call a lawyer up and the lawyer says the magic number, give me two grand and then I'll look into it for you. And then the lawyer says, yeah, yeah, you're right. And well, I'll take your case and they file. And then they get in front of a judge and the, and the judge is going to want to see all the documentation. And he looks at the agreement of sale and says, wait a minute. You guys agreed to mediate. So now go mediate. And if you're not happy with that, then you can come back and see me. And this happens a lot. And this is why it is binding. The standard residential agreement of sale mandates that buyers and sellers will submit all disputes arising from those agreements to mediation. Now, you used to be able to waive it, and sometimes people would have an attorney, and we would check mediation, and the lawyer would say, I don't care. That doesn't matter. We could still sue. But the lawyers were wrong, because <laughs> not all lawyers are real estate attorneys. They all say they are, because they went to law school. But you know, I know a few really good real estate attorneys, but the majority of them don't do real estate. So equally clear is the requirement that mediation can be concluded before any party, any party to the dispute may initial any legal proceedings in a courtroom, with the exception of filing summonses if it is necessary to stop any statute of limitations from expiring. While courts will enforce the requirement that parties mediate, not all would dismiss a suit that has been filed by a party who did not first invoke mediation. They might not dismiss it, but they might tell you to go mediate. A fair number of courts will stay proceedings rather than dismiss the suit until the parties conclude mediation. Other courts simply dismiss the lawsuit, and this is going to go by state. But I know for sure Pennsylvania, Jersey, is a bunch of them, that mediation is part of the agreement. So to answer a broad question, mediation is, a bi is binding. Regardless, there are many instances where mediation does not occur, where suits are filed, left to thrive, unhindered by failure to mediate. This can happen in several ways. An, an aggrieved buyer files a request for mediation with the local association of realtors claiming that the seller failed to disclose material defects. The request for mediation is served on a seller who does not respond or give any indication that she will participate in the process. Maybe the seller lives thousands of miles away or the seller hopes the matter will go away by just sticking it, her head in the sand, whatever. When the associator receives no reply to the request, a second request will be mailed 
when that fails, it's likely the association will vote initiated party for not require uh, that's not cooperating now to do something else. But in reality, there's a page in the agreement of sale, and it tells you all the steps that you have to go. Now, what I like about mediation, it's a cooling off period, because when you have a you're an agent and you have a client, a buyer or seller that's starting to freak out and they want to sue and they're talking about hiring a lawyer and all. And you say, wait a minute, you agreed to mediate. So you might have an opportunity in there because here's what has to happen. Both parties have to agree on a mediator. So you get a list of mediators because you got to look at a list. So nobody knows anybody. Right. Right. So because there's supposed to be non-biased people. Then you right. got to agree where we're going to mediate, when we're going to remediate. Everybody gets one or two continuances in the mediation, and there's a cost. It could be $500 to $1,500 to both sides. It's according to where you're at. And, and then after all of that, we finally get to this mediation. So during this period of time is when I would try to work uh, split the baby and try to get everybody back to the table and try to come to right. some kind of resolution because we could all go through this whole thing. And now we're at a mediation. Uh, and if you've ever been in a car accident and went to mediation, it's a third party that knows nothing about nothing, listens to both sides of the story and makes a decision. So of course, one party is not going to be happy. And the one right. party that is not happy at that point can go back to the court and tell the judge, we didn't like the result of the mediation, and now we want to throw it in your court. And then you put the dice in your hands and blow real hard and roll the dice <laughs> and uh, right. take another shot. Because there's no, you know, avoid court and avoid mediation at all costs. But, like, I ask agents once in a while about mediation. They have no clue because they've never been in one. And it's in the agreement of sales. So you would think they would like read this thing all the time, but they don't. They do the same thing over it. and over. They write the deal, sold the house, write the deal, sold the house. And then, and then they call the lender yeah. and say, what does this yeah. mean? What should yeah. I do? What should I do? Should I hire a lawyer? Or what should I do? And you can bring a lawyer to mediation. But like the whole thing about mediation, it's a compromise. You try to get them to compromise without getting into the court system. That's why, I don't know, that's the real estate commission and everybody else saying it. it's automatic. You, you, if you signed this contract, you agreed to mediate, which to a lot mediate. of people, they don't explain it correctly. Like that explanation right there. Now, at least our listeners know, like if you buy a house or sell a house in Pennsylvania, Jersey, where the contract says mediation is in there, you're not, you're not electing or waiving it. That's the process. That process could take months, months. Everybody's of life course. is on hold until, yeah. you know, we agree who, when, where. We all get a couple continuances. So is it? That was a good so topic. the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's binding. Now, with that, it's that binding. would really tick off some high C that I, they asked me a long question like that. I'd say yes. <laughs> Exactly. Well, wait a minute. All right, wait a minute. Topic, you didn't give Mark. me a good explanation. I guess I did. Yes, I answered the question. <laughs> All right. All right. And we are up to our segment with Dr. A. And today we're going to continue our topic with staff performance with the FIT series, the benefits of having a quality 
fit motives. Dr. Abelson, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. So Fabulous. last week you ended up with about emotional intelligence and parts of that. So continue from where you left off last week. Sure. And, and last time we talked about uh, self-regulation, what I want to talk about this time, we refer to it as social awareness, which is basically the extent somebody is aware of somebody else's emotions, right? Which is really interesting. And there's a confusion between being sympathetic and being empathetic. So I want to talk a little bit about that because that totally relates to the social awareness aspect. Some people are sympathetic and sympathetic is basically telling people how you're feeling and you think they're feeling, right? What happens with empathy is you demonstrate that you're aware of how they're feeling. Let me just give an example. Unfortunately, there's a lot of divorces in our culture around 50% of marriages wind up in divorces. Uh, so it's easy for somebody to say, you know, I know exactly how you're feeling. I went through a divorce myself and then go into it. Right. Well, that's being sympathetic, right? That demonstrates that, that you have, you know, that's how you were feeling in that situation. Empathetic is when you reflect back the other person's possible feelings. In other words, are you lost? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling angry? Things of that nature. And what happens when you're empathetic, you get people talking about it. And that's typically more helpful. Number one. Number two, it, it is also a way to increase the conversation, have, have a dialogue back and forth. Whereas being sympathetic, you're basically making a statement. And don't be surprised if they say, no, no, that's not how I'm feeling. Or if they just keep it to themselves and then don't go any further or make any comment because they keep to themselves that, no, you don't know how I'm feeling. Because that's, no, that's not where and I And most of the time, you don't know how they're feeling. No, that's why I asked the question. That's right. why you kind of like, you like know, the, what, what I do is, how would I, how might I be feeling in that situation? And then I look at their nonverbals. And then I'll say, well, you know, are you feeling this way? Or, or, you know, I've interacted with people and sometimes they share with me that they feel that way, you know, type of thing. But you need to get into an emotion. A lot of times people reflect back thinking or thoughts, you know, instead of how they're the feelings itself. And sometimes people are scared to get into them. Uh, emotional conversation. That's a fierce conversation. You know, yes, that, that, that book I mean, by Susan point. Scott, you know, like the worst conversations are the ones you don't have. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. So it, it's important. I mean, there, there's a way you can ease into it. And that's by asking not really intense emotions. Like instead of, instead of saying, do you love somebody? You know, you can say, you know, do you have, do you really like them type of thing, you know, which, which is less intimidating right. than, than going to a really, really intense emotion. So there's different ways to be empathic uh, in a very, very opening and welcoming way. And, and you, if you do treat people like that, you're really bonding with them, really right. bonding with them. Right. You right. Know? And, and, because that gives them an opportunity to make different comments and to say different things. And, and you get into a different level and you can keep on getting deeper and deeper into understanding each other and the conversation. And then you can stop when it seems appropriate, when the person is feeling uncomfortable or there's other. So what are we going to handle? Where are we going next week? I think we're going to finish emotional intelligence uh, next week. So if anybody's interested in our emotional intelligence <laughs> certification, just contact us at www.abelson.net. Make sure it's not net. And enroll in our November program. Very good. Great. Thank you, Dr. A. That was interesting. My pleasure. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 
7153. I hope all the business people out there listening to Dr. A start learning things because you really can use his tools to make your business better, have a better culture, make more money. It all comes together. You know? 100%. All right. So with that, thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. If you want to be a sponsor, give me a call, 267-266-5501. Tune in every Saturday at 1 o'clock. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All All positive, positive, all all the the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.